0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be breaking down the major parts of World War II, how Hitler was up front, the different major leaders of the Axis Party, some of the major leaders and historical events that happened with the, um, you know, Pearl Harbor bombing and how America was not going to get involved in the New World War because of everything that happened in the First World War. Uh, So, let's get into it. Now, we're going to start off with November 11th, 1918. World War One finally ends. Now, World War One, we all know, was a very long and painful war for the countries in Europe. Um, and even some in Africa. Uh, it was a terrible war um, because it was war the world had never seen before. Because I'm not entirely... A big World War One history, history buff, but uh, I know it was a terrible war. Uh, I know that there was it was when they started using a lot of gas weapons, uh, and a lot of countries like that didn't have up-to-date gas masks. Um, for instance, they I believe they called it the Battle of the Dead Men, uh, where the Germans came in and they sprayed gas all over the Russians to try to get past one of their lines. So the Russians. Got up. The ones that were left alive, they had, they were coughing their lungs up. They were all gas and all kind of stuff covering their face, melting their face. And they ran at the Germans and scared their entire line back. And so that's how they they won that battle. It was because even though they lost a the large majority of their men, they were able to scare the Germans. And they, but that was only because they didn't have the correct gas mask and correct protection that was needed at that time. Now, World War One finally ends. And now, we have January 30th, 1933. Anyone who knows World War II knows this is when things started to go downhill. Hitler was appointed as the new German Chancellor. Later, he assumed dictatorial powers... And the, you know, German rearment takes off and completely branches off from what it was into something greater, you know? And the German not under Nazi control was very successful, but it was only very successful because Hitler was able to he was very evil and manipulative, and he was able to point everyone's focus on something like the Jewish people. Um, which, once again, guys, I should have said this at the very beginning, but if were just, you know, our listener's discussion is advised, this may be some disgusting points and terrible points that I'm making here that uh, some people may get offended by, and some people may not, um, find what I'm gonna talk about very disturbing. So if you don't, if, if you get disturbed real easily, You know, don't, uh, don't, uh, you should probably click off now, or just skip through some different parts. Um, now as I was saying, let's go into Hitler's upbringing. Now, when he was a child, his parent he was inbred. His parents were cousins, all right? Now a lot of his other brother i think a few of his other brothers had died, and he was the only one left due to complications with being with them being inbred uh, so Hitler's father would rather beat him severely for many things um, they he would absolutely beat him severely for different things his father would. It was quite a terrible way to be abroad. So he would just absolutely belittle Hitler and beat him. Now Hitler was very artsy before his mother died. He was very um expressive on how he believed that Germany was superior to Austria. Because believe it or not, Hitler was not actually from Germany. He was from Austria. Um which i know it's kind of part of germany in a way but no it, it wasn't um you see hitler after his mom died he became very um very lost you could say i guess from his brother or what his best friend had said about him he said that he started to become very different a very different person very lost very strange and he didn't really know the person that his his friend was becoming. Which is quite sad, actually. It's, it's very sad, but it doesn't excuse anything that he that Hitler did. Uh it doesn't excuse what he did. It it actually does not. Um, now the thing is you know, he wasn't Hitler was not, in no means was he a good man, but he had good ideas. He had good art ideas. He had good art. He made art, and he wanted to become, I think, an art major or even go into art and have his paintings in a Jewish, in a museum that Jewish people ran. Hence how he would steal Jewish art and put it up in his offices and steal it to try to I guess hold a grudge against them for what they did. Um now it's in my opinion very hilarious and this it's just it makes no sense how Hitler said that the Jewish people were were not were not the superior race and how they were in, inferior to Germans yet he would take their art and their books and and either burn them or steal them for his own. Does that sound like somebody who really thinks they're inferior, you know? That doesn't make any sense. Now, he himself said things about Aryan races, but he wasn't in that place, Uh, Aryan races. I mean, he he said things about the Aryan. He didn't fit into his own theory. His theory excluded him. Himself. Hitler didn't have blonde hair, blue eyes. Hitler wasn't even from Germany. He was from Austria. So, you know. But anyway, let's go back to what I was saying. Hitler, he grows. He starts to grow up after that. He gets mad that he wasn't in the art museum, and he gets. He goes homeless for a little bit, where he gets blackout drunk, spends all his money on on alcohol, he gets drunk, does all this crazy stuff. Now, you know. Hitler wasn't, well, Hitler started to notice that, you know, Germany was starting to fail. And so this was after he went and served in World War One, where he actually, I, I don't, I can't necessarily confirm if he did get his testicle blown off or not. I don't exactly, I don't know if that's true or not, but from what I've heard, it could be. So, you know, let's just keep going. So now we have, you know, this area in between World War One and World War Two, in between the Roaring Twenties. It wasn't so roaring in Germany. Germany was in debt, and Germany decided, what if we just start printing a bunch of money, and then send that to America? Well, they didn't think that that caused inflation. They didn't think about that. So now they made where one U.S. dollar is worth a thousand, uh, I forgot what German call their money, but um, I don't think it's francs, but they just made their money, one dollar is worth a thousand of those. So it, it didn't make a difference because of how much in debt they were to these countries um, for their damages since I believe the United Nations, I don't know if it was the United Nations or if it was just the League of Nations, But I know that they told them that they had to do the debt thing. So, you know, now Hitler is in a very good position. He has a power play that he can make. He formed the Nazi party under his ideas, which we all know what they were. Um, They're strong in their beliefs. And so he did what he believed and he formed with his party. They would often have little skirmishes with other parties until eventually the Nazi party started to gain some traction. Um, and people started to like them. And so Hitler ran for office and he won, sadly. But now we cut up on his life and now we have World War II begins September 1st, 1939. Now think about that time jump. It took three years for him to start World War Two. Why is that? Well, he wanted to build German infrastructure. He wanted to basically isolate his people and brainwash them. Um, he decided to start isolating Germany. And he absolutely brainwashed them into his beliefs. And anyone who didn't believe that was sent to a camp or killed. He started building highways and trains, and that is how he got his men across the world so fast and across to the different fronts to invade. It's quite crazy. Now, back in the time where World War II has begun, no one thought that 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 would actually happen. Like, you know, nobody thought that it would actually start. But now, Germany invades Poland inciting Poland's allies, Britain and France, to declare war on Germany. So now we have Britain, France, and Poland. Well, no. Now we have Britain and France against Germany and Poland, I believe. Poland was really lacking on military forces. But now the Soviet Union decides to help invade Poland. The Soviet leader, Joseph Stalin, orders the invasion of Poland, securing a share of Polish territory. Very important. On his part. But now we have September 27th, 1939. Warsaw is captured. The capital. Warsaw surrenders to German troops. Poland holds out for another nine days before capu, uh, capital capitalizing, catapulting, or something like that. Basically, it was nine days until they eventually gave up. Now, the U.K. wins the first sea battle on December 13th, 1939. British cruisers defeated a German pocket warship or battleship at the Battle uh, of River Plate, the first major uh, naval engagement of World War II. April 8th, 1940, Norway begins to be invaded. Germany invades Norway, ending a nine-month period of limited land operations called the Phony War. Now we have May 10th, 1940. Churchill becomes Prime Minister. This is also important. Winston Churchill replaces Neville Chamberlain as British Prime Minister, the same day that Germany invades Belgium. And now we have the Miracle of Dunkirk, May 26th, June 4th, 1940. The Miracle of, you know, Dunkirk. The trapped British army evacuates to England from Dunkirk, France surviving to fight another day, which is quite interesting. Because the, a lot of civilians help them. And now, 19, or June 14th, 1940, Paris falls to Nazi. France basically falls under German, complete German rule 11 days later. And now we have July 10th, October 31st, 1940, is when Britain almost um, completely, ca- um, you know, dis- was destroyed. The Battle of Britain um, pits German bombers against British fighters in a thwart ger- German um, prelude to invasion. December 7th, 1941, the US plunged into war. Japan attacks Pearl Harbor, starting war with the US. Sensing weakness, Hitler declares war on America 4 days later. So, let's talk about what we've just talked about. Uh, let's let's go a little bit deeper. Let's do a deeper dive. So, Now let's go in detail onto some other countries that Hitler was invaded. Hitler invades Czechoslovakia on March uh, 1939. Um, despite the assurances given by Hitler in the Treaty of, of Munich, September 1938, he marched into Czechoslovakia and occupied the country. So he broke multiple treaties. They now know he's not going to follow treaties. He's trying to take over the world, which he nearly succeeded in. So, then we have. On the 11th of June, 1940, Italy enters the war on the side of the Axis power. Italy entered the war on the side of the Axis powers. Italy's motive for entering the war was the hope of rich pickings from the spoils of war. So they just wanted the money. Now, let's talk about. Now that we've gone past that, uh, and now that we're up to um, to 1940, past battle, right past Battle of Britain, let's talk about something very important, very majorly important, and that is um, how a, a few things about how you know Hitler's health and how he was a junkie, how insane he was. So Hitler's doctor was actually accused of being a Jewish doctor, and he was a celebrity doctor. He looked like a Jewish person, and so apparently to the Germans he did. And, but he was a celebrity doctor, but he had very cruel methods of uh, of being a doctor and of experimentation and that type of thing. It was very cruel now, he was pumping Hitler full of drugs. In fact, let me pull up. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's pull this up. Um, this is... This is going to be on America Addiction Centers, Rehabs.com. Thank you for your information. But let's see. Hitler's rampant drug abuse, using data from 47-page wartime dossier completed by American military intelligence. The The documentary alleges that crystal meth was just one of the 74 different medications that Hitler abused. With the medical record and interviews of the doctors who treated him, it's believed that Hitler took crystal meth before a 1943 meeting with Mussolini in which he ranted for two hours. He also repeatedly took nine injections of a drug called Vitamulin, containing methamphetamine during his final days in his bunker, which I'm going to go into that. Also, he did not die in that bunker. Hitler's drug addiction was reportedly sparked by a man known as Dr. Morell. The German leader began visiting Morel's Berlin clinic in 1937 or 6, after suffering cramps. Soon after, the dog began pre, um, prescribing him very morphine-based, a lot of morphine-based drugs. Calls a a pill containing crystal meth called Perbitin. Doctor uh prescribed a series of sedatives to counterbalance the, ma- the medications. He was, he was severely addicted to a mix of a dangerous mix of uppers and downers. Merle was a fraud and a quack. He was an oil, a snake oil salesman. So, he should not have been practicing medication anywhere outside of a veterinary clinic. And it's true, he really shouldn't have. Um. So, yeah, he really, as you can see from just what I read, he should not, he, he should not have been, um practicing method, uh, medication outside of a veterinary clinic. That's terrible, that's disgusting. Outside of a veterinary clinic, think about that. So think about how that contributed to how crazy this man was. This man was so insane that he was taking pills of soldiers' poop. To help with his stomach problems. And that is true. It was good bacteria, I guess, in the pills that he took to help with his flatulence, his gas issues. It was quite funny, actually, and quite silly. When you think about it, the great Hitler that everyone thought was amazing, that was in Germany, was really just a crazy junkie. Anyone could have done that. Now, I think Hitler was, at the same time, a genius for his... Um, his architecture. It was beautiful architecture at that time. It was just terrible what that architecture represented. You know, it was amazing architecture. It's just sad what it actually represented and why it was being built. It wasn't just being built for the looks; It was being built for propaganda, which is quite sad and quite upsetting that that much beautiful architecture and that much beautiful work of art was being used for a terrible regime and a terrible rule and reign of a a fraud and a a crazy man. So, you know, and it just shows how crazy this man was. This man was insane. This man should not have been doing anything. This man shouldn't have even been... Working as anything, he should not have been a working man considering how many drugs he was taking and how crazy he was. Yet he was the supreme leader of Germany, and it's terrible to show. You know, people don't need to be forgetting the Holocaust. People should not be forgetting World War II, because the more that we forget and erase our history, it's just going to happen over again. If we keep erasing our our own history of you know, different things like that. The world's history of, yes, there were terrible things going on, we should not erase it. If we erase our terrible history, history has a way of repeating itself. You know how there was two world wars? And Germany caused them both? Well, let's just say that seems pretty weird that history has a way of repeating itself because people didn't worry or care, you know. So, we really need to be watching out for those things, because it shows an evil person like that can really come in control and brainwash an entire country. That's scary. Really scary. So, yeah. Now, um, what we're also going to be talking about, let's move on to the Tripartite Pact in 22nd of September 1940, the pact of mutual alliances was signed by Germany, Italy, and Japan, all three of them. December 1940, British um, rout Italians in Northern Africa. So, it it was uh, led by General Wavell. Um, Italy and Germany attack Yugoslavia, Slavia. In early 1941, German and Italian troops attacked the country. Greece, the island of Crete, I believe. German Field Marshal Erwin Rommel. Uh, Erwin Rommel was a very famous German general and Nazi general uh, who led Axis powers around in uh, Africa. Um, The first part of this... By the way, we're going to be talking about, you know, as as we have right now of Hitler and the whole different packs, different battles. The next episode is going to be talking about um, specifically the Holocaust is one that we're going to talk about. We're going to be going over different stories of the Holocaust um, from a point of people who were Jewish and who went through that and concentration camps, ghettos different things like that, because I think that definitely needs to be addressed and uh, and talked about for people to hear. Hitler attacks Russia on Operation Barbossa, 22nd of June, 1941. Hitler sent 3 million troops and 3,500 tanks into Russia. The Russians were taken by surprise as they had signed the treaty with Germany in 1939. Stalin immediately signed a mutual assistance treaty with Britain and launched an Eastern Front battle that would claim 20 million casualties. The U.S. had similarly been supplying arms to Britain under the Lend-Lease Agreement, that they offered similar aid to the USSR. Now, as we all know, sadly, I've actually been to this place. Uh, 7th of December, 1941, Pearl Harbor. The Japanese, who were already waging war against the Chinese, attacked the U.S. Pacific Ple- Fleet at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. As a preliminary to taking British, French, and Dutch colonies in Southeast Asia. It's quite sad how many men were stuck in there. Um, I believe there was one African-American soldier. um, Very amazing what he did. He got an AA gun, and I think he took down 13 planes or something like that. Um, And he was a cook. So it's a very amazing story um, showing that, you know, just because of your race doesn't mean you're not able to do something. If he was able to do that and I believe he got the Medal of Honor from the President. So that should show you that race doesn't mean you can't do something. You know. Um now we have eighth of December nineteen forty one, Britain and US declare war in Japan. Uh February nineteen forty two. The Japanese take Singapore. Um they captured Singapore from the British, taking sixty thousand prisoners. Just think about that. Doesn't sound like a lot, but when you really think about it, that's a lot. Now we have June 1942, the Battle of Midway. USA defeated the Japanese Navy at the Battle of Midway. Following this victory, the U.S. Navy was able to push the Japanese back. August 1942, Allies in Northern Africa. General Alexander was given a handwritten um, directive from Churchill, ordering that his main directive was to be was to be the destruction of the German-Italian army commanded by Marshal Rommel, uh, together with all its supplies and establishments in Egypt and Libya, or L- Libya. As soon as sufficient materials had been built up, Alexander handed the campaign over to General Montgomery. 23rd October 1942, the Battle of El Almin. Montgomery attacked the German Italian army in North Africa with a massive bombardment, followed by an armored attack. He then proceeded to chase chase and routed enemy some one thousand five hundred miles across the desert so that was quite a um an achievement november nineteen forty two the Battle of Stalingrad the Russians won their first victory against German at the Battle of Stal- against Germany at the Vallon of Stalingrad so that was quite a good, um, a good win because I started to show the Germans that they didn't really have a chance against the Russians, considering they had the good old winter on their side. So you know, now we have allies push in to North Africa, and I think a lot of times the whole African side of World War Two and World War One isn't really talked about a lot. Um. But it was very terrible. It was terrible, um, conditions for, I think, both armies. Um, I think both of them, maybe mostly the allied army, tried to do what they can to keep their soldiers motivated and comfortable in Africa, but what all could they do, you yeah. Um, allies push into North Af- Africa. Uh, American forces under command of General Dwight Eisenhower, the legendary, (laughs) landed into northwest of Africa and assumed control over French, Morocco, and Algeria. They gradually closed in on the Germans. Now, a pivotal moment in the war in Africa, the major part of the war in Africa, was May twelfth, 1943, was when the act of surrendered North Africa. The British and American forces managed to defeat the Axis forces in North America or North Africa where they were then surrendered over to the uh, allies. July 1943, allies invade Sicily. Um successfully. August 1943, the allies successfully fully took Sicily. The 3rd of September 1943, Italy surrenders, Mussolini had been thrown out of office and a new government of Italy surrendered to the British and the USA. They agreed to join the Allies. The Germans then took control of the Italian army, freed Mussolini from imprisonment, and set him up as the head of a puppet government in northern Italy. This blocked any further Allied advance through Italy. November 1943, Allies meet at Tehran. Stalin, Roosevelt, and Churchill met to coordinate plans for a simultaneous squeeze on Germany. They also discussed post-war settlements. Churchill mistrusted Stalin. Roosevelt, anxious to show the West who will not stand against, or would not stand against Russia, went along with Stalin's wishes for a second front in France and no diversions further east. Churchill was overruled, and the fate of the post-world Eastern Europe Europe was thus decided. So that's a big part because that also goes into the Cold War um, because of Berlin being split up between, you know, the Allies and then Russia. Uh, January 1944, Leningrad relieved. The siege of Leningrad was lifted by the Soviet army. June 1944, Rome was liberated. Although Italy surrendered in September, it was only now that the Allies were able to liberate Rome. Completely from the Germans, and now we have a very well-known moment, which is probably where Americans and actually allies really knew um, how bad things were getting and how they had a lot more fight to go, which would be D-Day, which every most everyone knows who knows anything about World War Two. The Allies launched an attack on Germany's forces in Normandy, western France. Thousands of transports carried an invasion army under the Supreme General command of General Eisenhower to Normandy beaches. The Germans, who had been fed false information about the landing near Kellis, rushed troops to the area but were unable to prevent the Allies from forming a solid bridgehead. For the Allies, it was essential to the first capture to first capture a port. Now, once they had captured D-Day, and once they had had won D-Day, and they had captured Germany, it was a huge pivotal moment, because the Allies could start completely just sending troops into the France beachfront there, loading them off, and eventually rerouting all the way up to Germany, leading up to the Battle of the Bulge, um, which we will get there. Now, D-Day was a horrible battle. I would like to just take a minute to talk about it. Um the problem with D-Day was that in in Normandy was that um they had the you know giant machine turrets, machine guns manned in the bunkers which nobody was able to um nobody was able to get inside of those bunkers. They had to clear them from the back. No, that was the problem, is that they couldn't really see. They would see around wrong direction, and there would be explosions everywhere. It was, I'm sure a lot of soldiers from that um, got PTSD, uh, I'm sure, um, which is terrible and very sad. Um, a lot of American lives and ally lives were lost on D-Day, and um, it's a very talked-about battle. It's one of the more famous World War II battles because of how important it was and how many people died from it. Now we have July 1944, Japanese evicted from Burma. British forces under General Slim, with help from guerrilla fighting Chindits, led by Ord Wingate, evicted the Japanese from Burma. The 25th of August 1944, which is also a turning point for France, Uh, was that Paris was liberated. The French capital of Paris was liberated from the Germans um, with help from, the Allies had help from the Paris resistance. Uh, Vive la resistance. You know? (laughs) 8th of September, 1944, V-2 flying bombs. The first V-2 flying bombs killed three people in London, so. You know. And now, we have the very important Battle of the Bulge, December 1944. Germany launched its final defensive through uh, through the Ardennes region of Belgium. However, they were beaten back by the Allies, making the Bulge. Now, the problem with the Bulge is the Germans came out of the trees, and just a few, you know, from from what I've heard, they started coming out and just... Two or three um, squads of five people or so got sniped at, got killed, and then tons and tons just kept coming from the trees. Um, And that was the problem, is they started shooting some artillery, cut off some supply lines that morning, and then it went into the battle. So, And here was truly, truly... Where it started to turn was Berlin is when the March 1945. And this was one of the major battles that really sealed the Germans fate, in my opinion, was when they crossed the Rhine. They crossed the Rhine while Soviet forces were approaching Berlin from the east. Um, Now, the Rhine was the bridge basically into the main part of Germany. And if they could take the Rhine, then they were going to be able to keep going in and taking it over, taking that part over now sadly april nineteen forty five President Roosevelt died. Roosevelt was not um, was not an amazing president, but he did have some very inspirational things that happened during World War two um one of them being where he was standing in front or he was talking to a few, um I forgot, but uh, a few people they were talking about World War II and they were trying to say that there was something that was impossible that they couldn't do. Now mind you, Mr. Roosevelt was in a wheelchair because of um I forgot what disease it was. Let me let me find that really quick. Disease let's see, I believe it was something he was permanently paralyzed from the waist down with um oh polio that's polio and so let's see I believe stood up after Pearl Harbor. Yeah, he went to the joint session of U.S. Congress on December 8th, 1941, one day after the prior of Japan's attack on the U.S. naval base. Hawaii and Japanese declaration of war against the United States and the British Empire. They said that there would be almost no way um, that there was no way that they were going to be able to defeat them. Roosevelt then stood up and said, Don't sit don't tell me any something's impossible. And they said, Okay, yes, sir. <laughs> so after that we have April nineteen forty five, where the Russians reached Berlin shortly after the US forces. Twenty uh, eighth of April nineteen forty five, Mussolini was captured and executed. Italian partisans captured Mussolini and executed him. Now, this, I don't believe, um, is completely true. But on 30th of April 1945, it's said that Hitler committed suicide in a bomb-proof shelter together with his mistress, Eva Braun, who he had, at the last minute, made his wife. Now, I don't believe that he killed himself. Um, There's a lot of evidence saying that him and a lot of the other Major Nazi, pe- uh, Nazis went to, um, Argentina to try another Reich. So, you know. Um, but I will do another another podcast, maybe a little short one, 10 minutes or so, talking about that and the evidence that there is. Um, 2nd of May 1945 is when the German forces in Italy surrendered to the Allies. And, 4th of May, German forces completely surrendered in Northwest Germany, Holland, Denmark to, and Holland and Denmark uh, also were surrendered. Hitler, and uh on Lundberg health, Admiral Donitz, who Hitler had nominated as his successor, Tried to reach an agreement to surrender to the Western Allies, but to continue to fight the Russians. His request was obviously refused. The 7th of May, Donuts offers unconditional surrender. Um. So then they had VE the Day, 8th of May 1945, which was the victory and which was the Europe victory and Europe was celebrated. 5th of July 1945. Winston Churchill lost the election to Clement Attlee's Labor Party. The Labor Party promised sweeping social reforms, including nationalism of the coal and railway industries, the creation of a welfare state, and they gained